So for the past several Sundays, we've been hearing parables that talk about what the reign of God is like. A pearl of great price or a mustard seed and yeast and buried treasure. And today we have this wonderful story of the feeding of over 5,000 people with a few loaves and a few fish. And I'm going to suggest that this is actually another parable. It's not a story spoken. It's a story acted out. And it teaches a valuable lesson again about what the kingdom of God, what the reign of God is, how God works in our lives, and the effects that that God and our work can have on the world. So instead of using words, he uses actions. And that's a good thing. Why did he feed the 5,000? He didn't really have to. Um, He wasn't obligated to. They weren't expecting to be fed, but he found this wonderful opportunity to make this incredibly powerful point to the disciples and to the people who were there. There's a story I'll share. I'll just call him Farmer Brown, who bought an abandoned, run-down, overgrown farm, and with much hard work and perseverance, he turned the farm into a beautiful, fertile, abundantly productive farm. And one day before harvest, the local pastor came to visit and said, Farmer Brown, isn't God wonderful? Just look at the beautiful fields of golden grain, the tall corn, the luscious tomatoes and squash and peppers. God has truly blessed you with such a rich and productive farm. To which Farmer Brown replied, that may be true, Pastor, but you should have seen this place when it was just God's alone. (laughs) So keep that in mind as we look a little more closely at the story for today. So why did Jesus go to such a lonely and desolate place to begin with? It makes it clear at the beginning of the story that Jesus had just gotten that word that his cousin, good friend, the last prophet of the New Testament and Old Testament combined, John the Baptist, had been beheaded imprisoned by King Herod, and it was upsetting for Jesus. So um, he had been an important person in Jesus' life, and Jesus just needed to process that death, just like we all do when someone that's close to us died. And it was even more than that. John had ushered in Jesus' ministry and was an important person in helping people begin to change the way they saw the world and the way they saw the church and the way they saw Jesus working in the world and inspiring the church. Uh, So his words were powerful words, um, and now he was gone. So the question that people around Jesus might have been asking, maybe the whole area, are the same questions that I think so often we would ask at a time like this when someone who is a prophet, someone with great potential to change the world, uh, has their life cut short. We wonder, who really is in control? Where is this reign of God that everyone always talks about? Um, Is there a place for good in such an evil world. 
So Jesus takes his disciples first to a lonely and desolate place to grieve. And I'm sure he's struggling with these same questions too. And when people discover where they are by the thousands, they flock looking again for hope, for answers, something to hold on to, something to believe in so that they could feel like not everything was lost. We don't know exactly what Jesus said to the crowds, but again, in this story, his words don't mean as much as his actions. So we know that he had compassion on them. Uh, He was setting aside his own needs. We know that he cured their sick. And finally, after all of that, when evening had come, the disciples maybe not so much out of concern for the people, but maybe they all wanted to go home, were worried that people were getting hungry, it was getting late, he really ought to send them away. So instead, Jesus surprises the disciples with the words, you give them something to eat. So their response is, well, we can't, we have so very little. And Jesus presses them on the issue. He wanted to teach them a very important lesson. So Jesus says, well, with this, the loaves and the fish that you have, bring them to me. He blessed them. He gave them up to God. And then Jesus gives the bread and the fish right back to the disciples and says, now feed them, give them something to eat. And they did. So the disciples must have been utterly amazed. The people must have been utterly amazed. What really happened there, and what does it mean? Um, Perhaps many people at that point began to realize that Jesus really was a powerful figure in the world at that time and in their life, that he not only said important things, he could show with his actions how important it was for them to pay attention to Jesus. What we cannot always do on our own has been done by Jesus. The people that we can't feed with the help of God can be fed. We can take what little we have offered up to God, and maybe God can multiply it, give it back to us, and then God sends us out, and we can do marvelous things. We have this annual event in September, not that far away, in all ELCA churches uh, called God's Work, Our Hands, Sunday. Traditionally, people at Christ Church Lutheran go to the food bank, and we know how important and powerful the food bank is. People bring their food in, and it's managed and packaged with love, distributed to places like Christ Church Lutheran, and people around the Bay Area are fed. It's a wonderful, wonderful image of us offering up what we have to God, having it blessed and having it distributed distributed, and it's wonderful in so many ways. So this is an opportunity to see this gospel lesson as that kind of thing. It's an invitation to the disciples. It's an invitation to the people. It's an invitation to, um, to us 
to be in partnership with Jesus so that what meager things we have can do marvelous things in the world. God is active in our world in so many ways. Um, the hungry can be fed if we think it through and find ways to be God's hands in the world. We may not always be able to do everything. I think last Sunday when we had Zena John with us, we see that someone who is suffering and struggling with an illness, we can't heal that person, but we can lift that person up in prayer and support family and friends. And then there's that sense of God's presence and power working in the process. And so prayer is still a good thing, uh, but prayer combined with some action, some response is an even better thing. So that's a little bit the message of today. Miracles can and do happen, and sometimes they happen when you least expect them. Sometimes they happen because we're a part of it, but always because who we are and what we have is offered to God and blessed. Amen.